Hello and welcome to the Sacrifice of Praise podcast, where we discuss what it means to praise God even when it's difficult. My name is Tori. And my name is Mary. And we are your hosts. Come chat about faith and life with your new sisters in Christ and enjoy learning and growing alongside us. We are so glad you're here. Today's topic is on comparison, waiting seasons, and timelines of life. So this is a topic that we believe many women have experienced in some capacity, whether it's waiting for your future husband to walk into your life, waiting on that sparkly engagement ring, comparing your job to those who seem to have it all together, or comparing your timeline on starting a family. There are so many aspects of life that can prompt these anxious feelings around timelines and expectations. So we're going to dive into all of that good stuff. But first, we are going to share some of our current favorites. So Mary, I'm going to let you start. Perfect. Okay. I have a very random current favorite. Currently, I have tried a lot of different things to keep up on cleaning my house and Honestly, it always just comes back to like one day I'm cleaning the entire house because I haven't done it in months or whatever. And so lately what I've been doing is chore days. So I've picked two days of the week that are chore days. So Mondays are always for cleaning and Fridays are always for laundry. And this has been actually game changing. So let me explain (laughs) a little bit. Mondays, I choose one floor. So I have three levels in my house. So I choose one floor to tidy and clean however much is needed. So like if I'm doing this, I'm in the basement right now, if I'm doing the basement, we are very rarely down here. So a lot of times I'll just like vacuum, pick up a little bit and that's it. But sometimes if we have guests or something like that, I may, if it's the basement day, I may like scrub the bathtub or whatever. And I just kind of, it depends on like what is needed. So that has been game changing. And honestly, the Friday laundry thing has also been so game changing because otherwise we let it like completely pile up. I feel like once we have a child, it's going to be like, we're going to have to have maybe two laundry days or something. But for now, the chore days have really been game changing for me. So that's my current favorite. I love that. That's really funny you say that because I recently read a book um, that was talking about like scheduling, like block scheduling and prioritizing certain days for certain tasks. And that's kind of what I did. I was allocating every hour to something of my day, Mm -hmm. um, which to be honest, I, I don't stick to it very often, but those bigger days of like, Hey, um, you know, Sundays are for laundries, Mondays are for groceries or whatever. I have found that that is kind of it helps. It helps keep yeah. me like on, on track. So that's awesome. I need yeah. to be more, more specific. Like you, I love, I like the like cleaning, tidying. And then, yeah. yeah, I just had to start with two days because if I did more than that, like if I was like Monday's this Tuesday's this Wednesday's this, I would, I just know that I would not stick to it. So that's why I'm like one floor, whatever you feel like you can or need to do. That's good enough. So, yes, I know. I love that. Um, so my current favorites, a pretty simple one. I have been, I love obviously fall in this season, but I love chili as do most people around this time as it gets colder outside. But, um, I have two chili recipes that are my go-tos that I absolutely love making. One is this white chicken chili crock pot. It's a crock pot chili. 
Um, and it's really good. It's not very healthy. I'd say it's more on the hearty side, but it's so, so good, especially on like a, a really chilly day. So I actually made that yesterday and it makes great leftovers. And then, um, my other go-to chili, it's this instant pot chili that I found on Pinterest and, um, it's really simple, but it's, I love it. It's delicious. And it seriously takes like 15 minutes to make in the instant pot. So it's great for those, like, you know, busy days and you just want something quick and easy. Um, and then I also make like little cornbread muffins that go with that chili. And so that's been my current favorite. I love this time. I think we usually alternate having chili like every other week. So by the end of the season, we'll probably be sick of it, but right now it's my favorite. I love that. Those sound delicious. Absolutely. Yes. Well, should we like dive into today's episode? Yes. That sounds great. Perfect. So our format today is going to be, we're just going to kind of like go back and forth a little bit. Um, as Tori said, we're talking about comparison. So we each have just like different things that we wanted to touch on and bring up and we'll probably kind of bounce off of each other a little bit, but Tori, if you want to go first, just kind of with your like first thoughts on the whole comparison timelines, all of that. Yeah, definitely. So I think that comparison is something that goes way back to even like grade school, middle school, high school. It's obviously intensified as technology has increased and social media is a huge component of this. But I, I mean, I believe that it's nothing new. Um, however, like levels of comparison do increase throughout like middle school, high school and in, into college. And then like the type of comparison kind of shifts post-college. So in like grade school and middle school, you often compare your family life to others, your circumstances, maybe like if you're a girl, you'll compare, um, others outfits or whatever it is, how good people are in sports, how their grades are. So comparison isn't like anything new. Um, but then post-college is kind of when I found myself like really struggling with comparison. Part of that is I think due to the fact that technology and social media was pretty relevant, um, in college and even now, but that is also kind of like the quote unquote golden years of like big life changes. Totally. And, um, it's, it's funny, you know, when you are in like your entire life, if you were born in the same year as someone from like kindergarten until you graduate college, you are on essentially the same path. You know, you, you are in grade school, then you go to middle school, then you go to high school, then some go to college and then you find a job. Right. But like, once you graduate college, you kind of like enter into this abyss where everyone's kind of on their own timeline. And that's, I think when you start to like, look at your life and you're like, okay, is my path the right path? Cause this person seems more ahead. And cause you don't really have necessarily like a strict schedule of like, this is what you should do and when you should do it. So I have found that post college is when I started noticing myself really look outside of my circumstances and compare it to others and say, am I on the right path? And, um, obviously after you graduate college, the typical comparison things are, you know, if you don't have, if you're not in a relationship or if you don't have a significant other, that's kind of the run of the joke is like family Thanksgiving. <laughs> like, do you have anyone you're talking to anyone? So, you know, it's, finding a significant other, finding a, a future spouse, waiting for that ring. You know, some people are getting engaged while other people are still 
kind of living the party life. And so it gets a little sticky there. And I, and as I was reflecting on this too, I think each time you move into a new season of your life and like check off one of those things, there's just more like comparison that comes with it. So like, for instance, if you dated someone for a long time, okay, check that off. I found someone I'm dating. Then it's okay. Well, when are we going to get engaged? And then if you get engaged, it's like, okay, well, how long should my engagement be? And then, you know, how long, um, when you're married, it's how long should you wait to have kids? Can you have kids? And it's just, it's really, really dangerous to kind of go down through that spiral and start to look outside of like your current life and compare it to others. And it's just this constant cycle that never really seems to end and can easily creep in and take over like your emotions, your life. If you don't recognize it and like just completely offer up your emotions and anxieties, fears, et cetera, to God and just pray for his guidance and intercession. Totally. Yeah. I mean, you basically took the words out of my mouth for my first point too. I actually just saw today a TikTok about Adele's new song, Go Easy On Me. And if you haven't heard that song, that's also a current favorite because it's so good and it's been on repeat for me. But the TikTok was talking about how so many millennials are like relating to this song because we grew up, like you said, in this era where it's like, okay, you're all going to school K-12. And then the expectation is that you go to college and that you get a job and that you buy a house. And oftentimes you're buying a house that you can't afford and then you get married and, or you worry about why you aren't married and you have kids and all of these things. Like it's just this step-by-step thing. And if you're not on the right step or the right page with everyone else, that's when things just get really complicated and we start to compare and all of those things, instead of just thinking about what you truly want in life and where God is actually calling you in life. Um, because that like step-by-step path of, you know, go to college, get a job, buy a house, get married, doesn't work for everyone. And that's not the path that God has for everyone. And so that's what makes it all the more difficult. Um, so for me personally, I relate a lot to this when I think about jobs, because mm-hmm right out of college, I took a job because I needed a job. And I thought that that's like, well, I, I, I did need money. So, you know, like that was <laughs> to do, I needed to figure out what to do, but my first job hated it. I was there for three months. My next job, I was there for about a year and a half and I liked it, but I was like, this is still not what God is calling me to do. Eventually I ended up in a job that I liked, but I was honestly killing myself for this job and felt so overwhelmed and stressed because I was just doing something to do something. I was just working to, Mm -hmm. you know, pay the bills and whatever. And I remember actually one night sitting on my bed and I was just like literally having a panic attack where my husband was like, okay, we need to figure out what you're going to do because this isn't working. And like the Sunday scaries for me was like every single night I had so much anxiety about work. And so I decided, okay, I need to figure out what it is I want to do with my life and what God is actually calling me to do. And I realized for me, my main goals were be a good wife, be a good mother someday. If I was able to have children and ultimately get to heaven, like those were my like goals. None of them included 
busting my butt for a job that I wasn't super passionate about, even though it, you know, paid the bills and was a great job. And I'm so thankful that I had it. I, I just realized like that wasn't for me. And so I'm not saying that like work and doing what you have to do to pay the bills isn't, can't glorify God because it definitely can. And, you know, there's a lot of Bible verses and stories that point to that, that God will put you where he wants you. And even if it stinks right now, like you should still put your heart into it as best you can. And so there's a little give and take there, but I would just say a lot of times we have to think about what it is we really want and what it is God really wants for us instead of just following the timelines that we think that we're supposed to be on when that just isn't necessarily the best choice. Yeah. I think that's, I mean, beautifully said Mary, and I think you're not alone in, in just kind of following the path of what's expected and almost falling into a rut of like every day doing something that's just not fulfilling you. And I think a lot of people struggle with that. And I know that I do as well. And even through that process, like it's such a beautiful thing that, you know, you have the support of Bobby and, you know, you can recognize, okay, what will, what is going to be fulfilling for me and what, where do I feel God calling me? And, you know, the three things that you identified, those were what you and your heart felt that God was calling for you. And, and you knew that that is the most important thing. And those three things look different for every person, you know, some, you know, some people, it may be working a nine to five job and providing for your family. Some women, it is being home with your kids, being a good wife. And sometimes it's both and that's totally okay. And I think that the problem too is, is when you start to just reflect and look at the lives of others. And, and that is why I say like social media has, I think is the biggest culprit with this. And it's, it's hard because I'm, you know, I'm active on social media. And when I say social media, I'm specifically talking to Instagram um, because it is a highlight reel and people are often just displaying like the best aspects of their life. And even with the stories, I I look at people's stories more than I do like pictures. And a lot of times those that are posting stories, that's their job. They're bloggers. They get paid to to make their lives look great. And, um, not saying that they're, that they're not great, but you only get, you know, a snippet of 30 seconds of this into this person's life. And it's easy to just play that game of, Oh, if I had this, I'd be happy. And, um, you know, I'm just as guilty as anyone of, of going through that spiral and, and then having that negatively affect your own life. One thing that I have found helpful too, is when I do feel like I'm getting in a negative headspace, whether it be looking at Instagram or whatnot is just taking time in prayer and like offering up my feelings to the Lord. So sometimes I'll just pop into adoration if I have time, or just simply even just saying a quick prayer of God, I'm recognizing that this is an area I'm, you know, failing at and that I continually compare my life and I don't want to, and I, I want your guidance and help to help me 
appreciate the blessings that you have given me. And also please like provide guidance on your will, because I think that's part of it too, is seeking his will and coming to understand his will. Isn't always easy. Like Mm -hmm. Jesus is, um, he's a silent God in the most beautiful way. I have found that the easiest way to come to understanding his will is just continually grow and, um, grow your relationship with God. So continue to pray to him and, you know, soon enough, you'll, he'll drop little nudges here and there of maybe what his plan is. Um, and that's one thing I've, I've noticed is me being like, well, this is what I think my life should be. And then you just have this feeling like, well, maybe this isn't what he has planned. (laughs) Yeah, totally. I had two thoughts with your like kind of social media points. Mm -hmm. First of all, I know you're going to touch a little bit on fertility in comparison because that's something that we've both dealt with quite a bit in our lives. Mm -hmm. But when I first found out that I was infertile, (laughs) I mean, that's just how I put it. When Uh I first found out that I remember, and I described this in our fertility episode, if that's up before this one, but I went through this phase of life where I was severely anxious and I've always dealt with pretty severe anxiety and I've always just had to deal with that. But I had like terrible panic attacks. And one thing that truly helped me was like for literally probably two months, I was not on social media at all. I didn't go on to look at anything. I never posted anything. I completely shut it down and it helped me so much. I can't even explain it, especially Mm -hmm. since I'm, I was 25 at the time and so many people were announcing that they were pregnant and that was before that point, I was always so happy for them. But once I knew that I couldn't have that, it was Mm -hmm. really hard for me. And I'll talk about kind of like envy and jealousy and all of that with comparison, but honestly, just taking a step away from social media, when you're going through phases of life where you're really feeling like you're behind or you're not where you want to be, or you're waiting on something, just stepping away is honestly so powerful. I can't even explain it. It helped my mental health immensely. And I'm sure that that would be the same way if you're in a waiting season of, you know, trying to find a job or buy a new house or waiting for a spouse or something like that. I just highly recommend taking some time. And then my second point to that is I know that not everyone like sometimes taking two months off of social media isn't really realistic, especially in today's day and age, because you're like, that's where you keep up with everything and everyone. And, um, you know, so it's not necessarily realistic, but I read the book, the ruthless elimination of hurry. Yeah. The ruthless elimination of hurry by John Mark Comer. And I don't remember if I talked about this book in the faith books podcast, but it's essentially a book all about how God created time for us to rest. And without that, we can't function properly as humans. And specifically, he talks a lot about social media and how if we are not taking breaks from social media, it is so unhealthy for our mental health. And so he talks a lot about Sabbath and how Sabbath used to be something that so many people practiced in all different religions, Christian religions. And he talked specifically about Sabbath with social media. So taking one day, 24 hours a week 
of just staying off of social media. And I implemented, that was my new year's resolution for this year to do that for 24 hours. And I am going to be very honest. I have not stuck to it, but when I do stick to it, it is the best. I look forward to that day. I usually do like Saturday from 5 PM to Sunday at 5 PM. And so, like I said, I'm not perfect at it at all, but it's something that you could implement and try if you're struggling with comparison or feeling like you always have to post everything in your life or things like that. Um, So that's just another way to kind of like beat the social media comparison game. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I'll kind of dive in to the envy thing that I was talking about a little bit. So I guess when you are looking at different aspects of life for me personally, like right now I'm preparing for a baby in my life and I'm dealing a lot with trying to figure out like what I want for my baby and how I want to raise my baby and how all of these things. And I feel like there's so many opinions and (laughs) different paths that you can take. Some examples is just like the whole breastfeeding versus Mm -hmm. formula feeding. And people are so opinionated on that either way. And for me, it can become really challenging to know what is the best decision. And so I'm kind of struggling with that a little bit, or, you know, maybe you're single and you're wanting to find someone and you see people online or your friends are getting engaged and you're thinking, why them? Like, why do they, you know, they're not a good person or like, you know, there's all of these different things that can creep in when you're comparing. And that's when comparison can turn quickly into jealousy and even into the deadly sin of envy. And so I just actually watched a video from father Mike Schmitz and he was talking about envy and he was talking about the story of King Saul and David and how, you know, David had basically beat Goliath. And so all of these people are praising King Saul and David he's, they're praising both of them, but they say something like, Saul, you have slain thousands and David, you have slain tens of thousands. And in that moment, King Saul had envy in his heart. And from then on, it was kind of his demise truly. And Mm -hmm. so I loved the way that father Mike Schmidt described envy. He said, it is sadness of the blessing of another. So when you are sad about someone else getting something that you want, And something that I realized um, he also talked about that I loved is envy is the only sin. I mean, you can think about any sin. Envy is truly the only sin where you do not feel any happiness from it. Mm -hmm. Like even any sin that you commit, you may have a spark of joy from it. Like it may be great for a moment, but then obviously it's a sin and you feel bad about it or whatever. But Mm -hmm. envy is the one where you get nothing out of being envious. Like it does Mm. nothing for you. And I loved that. And I was like, that is so true. And you can relate that so much to comparison. Something that someone told me as I was going through infertility that I, I kind of relate to that is like, when you can truly be happy for someone that is receiving what you want. So when you see a pregnancy announcement and you can truly be happy for them, that is when you are opening your heart and your, your soul up to receiving that. Because if you, you can't be happy for another person receiving that, then you may not be ready for it. 
And so I, I took that to heart and I, I really worked on feeling joy for other people as they found out that they were pregnant because it's hard, you know, it's hard when you see people getting what you want. But yeah, those are kind of my little points on envy and comparison. I just think um, they can go really hand in hand. Oh, definitely. I think I love that you brought that up because it is so relevant to what we're discussing. Um, Envy is, I think, something that everyone deals with at some point in their life. And it's a robber of all joy. Like no one wins with envy. And like you said, you feel no joy when you're feeling envious of others. And one weird thing that I experienced through my, um, what my journey of losing Lucy, George, and John through miscarriage was, it was so weird because I felt like I was the most envious and jealous, or I don't even know if that's the right word, but I was comparing myself to people I really care about and like people that I love. And I had never experienced that before. Like Sure. I've experienced jealousy and envy in some way, but it's always been of of people who I'm not that close to, or maybe, you know, people I've never even met. Um, but, but it was a really weird experience to have these evil thoughts and of envy and jealousy around people that I really love and care about. And, and that worried me, like that really opened my eyes to recognizing these negative, like, where were these negative thoughts coming from? Like, I care about this person and I love this person. And this is so like, unlike me, um, I do truly believe that when you're struggling and you're feeling weak, the devil loves to attack and attack those areas of your life. And the biggest blessing was being able to recognize that like when I was doing that and I started praying to, to mother Mary, um, when I was feeling those thoughts, because I was just offering her to help me, um, not have these thoughts. <laughs> and cause a lot of times you, you don't have a ton of control when they pop up. And, um, and that's the hardest thing is it's, it's not something you can just turn off and you never really know when, and you know, envy, envious thoughts or comparison will creep in, but when they do, it can, can be kind of all consuming at times and really unhealthy and maybe even lead you further away from, from God and your faith. And, and, you know, again, the devil's sneaky. And so he'll start to plant little seeds in your head. Like, look, this person has this, this, and this, if God really loved you, then you would get what you're praying for. And, you know, and you start to play these head games and it's just so toxic and it can be very unhealthy. And, and I know that it's hard, but I, I think that where I, what helped me too, was just recognizing when that stuff was happening and, and just praying like for God to kind of like take away these thoughts. And sometimes it really did help. And, you know, other times I still would struggle with it, but, um, and, and that's a hard thing too, of, of comparing and specifically with really difficult times in your life, such as infertility or loss or things that you just can't, there, there will never be answers for, um, tragic death, whatever it is. And you can, you can play that. Why me, or why is God, you know, 
why is God allowing this suffering and comparing your life to others? Like so-and-so it doesn't even go to church or, you know, you can play this game and be like, they've got a perfect life. Um, but it's just really hard. And so I can speak to like the pregnancy loss and pregnancy in general comparison. Cause I personally gone through that, but that is, you know, really hard. Again, you mentioned it, Mary, but like on social media, pregnant pregnancy announcements are really, um, sometimes hard. If, if that is a fresh wound, if that is something that you're going through, something as joyful as the gift of life and someone sharing that wonderful news, like in any other time would be amazing. Like it's just not bringing you joy and you can't control that emotion. Like it's okay. Like it's okay to feel that way. Um, so, so first, I guess I would say like, don't be so hard on yourself if you are going through the season and like, you can't control it. And you know, you don't want to be thinking these things, but you do like, it's okay. Um, I think Mary brought up a really good suggestion of trying to maybe step away from the medias that aren't serving you. Um, and, and taking a little bit of a break because it, it will help. I've also noticed too, just like with through infertility issues, like comparing infertility issues, like, well, you know, at least I know I can get pregnant or well, um, you know, they're, they can't get pregnant, but they're not losing children. Like that is such a dangerous road to go down. Um, but I, I mean, I've gone through that, so I can be the first to admit that like, I've struggled with that too. And, and there's these thoughts that just sneak up out of nowhere and it's truly the devil just creeping in. And I just think the biggest thing is try and recognize when those thoughts come and just take a second and remove yourself from whatever situation it is, whether you have the Instagram app pulled up or whatever, and just kind of distract yourself from, from the moment and really reflect on the wonderful blessings that you do have. Yeah, I totally agree. Something that this just kind of brought up in my mind and I don't have any like notes on it or anything, but I was thinking about people listening to this and thinking like, you know, maybe they are in their twenties, they have a job, they live in an apartment, they're single and they are just not sure what is next. And I feel like for me, it's always been like, okay, I'm marriage is next. Buying a house is next. Having kids is next. And obviously that hasn't always been a perfect plan for me clearly, but sometimes it is so hard to know what is even next. Like, even if you're like, I'm not on timeline because I'm not getting married, but you don't have anyone in your, you know, like you don't have a boyfriend or you don't have a girlfriend or whatever. So you don't even have like that marriage timeline in the near future. It can be so hard to even know what is next or what to pray for or what God is calling you to do. (laughs) And so in those instances, honestly, I think the best thing to do is pray. Like all you can do is Pray for God to make those steps, those next steps clear for you. Because other than that, there's truly, it it can be really hard. There's truly not much we as human beings can do besides just living our lives and doing the best we can and making good choices and, you know, letting the rest happen. Sometimes that's really hard. It's really hard to just let it happen, but it's not always easy, clear next steps, I guess. Yeah, no, I think that's 
so true. And it's funny that you brought that up, Mary, because I met with my spiritual director last week and um, we've been meeting for several months now. And one of the things that I sometimes struggle with is that, that question of what's next or understanding like what my purpose is and um, having this urge of like, I know that I'm destined for something greater, but like, what is that? And I, I was telling her like this specific question I was asking God, you know, it was like, so what is this? Like, what's next? And she said something to me last week that I thought was like really eye-opening. And she said, sometimes you're asking the wrong question to God. And, and that was like, oh, cause, <laughs> and maybe that's true. And like, maybe I do need to take a step back and just say, okay, instead of asking like specifically God, what is next here? Maybe even asking God, like, what question should I be asking you? Like, help me understand, like, what is the question? Like, where do you want me to dive deeper and really focusing on trying to listen there? Because sometimes we, we put our expectations, wills, wants in to prayer requests, which isn't a bad thing, but we might be missing the mark. Like maybe we're focusing on the wrong thing. Um, so that's just another thought is like, if you are going through that season of your life and you keep on, you feel like you continue to ask God the same question, like maybe, maybe you're asking the wrong question. And like, maybe you should just ask God for guidance on like, where, where, what do you want me to go? Like, where do you want me to go? What do you want me to ask? Mm-hmm. I love that. That's such a good point and so true and such a good, like easy exercise to kind of get through the waiting and the questioning and all of that. Like, just bring it to God, just pray, pray about it. Mm-hmm. Um, which I think kind of brings us into our next little point. We're going to talk kind of just about some like practical advice on dealing with comparison or envy or, you know, comparing timelines, things like that. Um, so I have just, honestly, I just have two, but I have a couple things that I think are really good, like takeaways. So the first one, when I, I talked, I feel like I focus a lot on envy in this, um, because when I think of comparison for me, it's a lot of times dealing with jealousy and envy. And so something that I think has been really helpful for me is to pray for the person that I am envious of. So if I see someone else getting something I want or, you know, I'm jealous of, instead of ruminating on negative thoughts about that person or that situation or what I don't have, I can turn it into praying for them. And I feel like that just opens my heart up to love, loving my neighbor, choosing to love them instead of being jealous of them. Um, yeah. And just overall kind of clearing my mind of the jealousy and it's, it's really hard to have envy in your heart for someone that you're praying for. So that is my first piece of advice. And my second piece of advice, my friend Natalie actually taught me this and I feel like I have included it, this in my prayer life quite a bit since she's told me this. And it's honestly just praying for something really boldly, like asking God for exactly what you want. Don't beat around the bush. Ask him for your husband. Ask him for your child. Ask him for that job. Ask him for whatever is next. Or like you just said, ask him for answers of like, what's next here? And basically pray as if 
God has already answered your prayer. So if you are asking him for a child, like in my case, I prayed and prayed and prayed for my child. Natalie taught me to pray in thanksgiving for the children that he is going to give me. So I would Mm -hmm. pray a lot and thank him so much for my children, my healthy children that I get to raise in the future. And I just like thank him for those blessings. And it is so powerful when you switch your mindset to please give me this to thank you for working on my miracle or thank you for working on my future. It just, it changes everything. And I have a couple like kind of crazy examples of this, but I, during my whole infertility phase, I prayed a lot that God would just give me signs that he was at least working on it because there were times where I just felt really alone and like, is he working on this? What's going on? What's going to happen? Is this ever going to get answered? And I prayed a lot to St. Therese. I've talked about that in the past. She is like my go-to saint. And I feel like we just like, we click, we have a bond and she, I, I know that she prays a lot to Jesus. And so I was walking to my mailbox one day during my, the thick of my infertility journey. And I just prayed that in the mail, St. Therese would have left me a sign. And she shows herself in, in like roses or flowers, typically roses, but sometimes in like flowers. I went to the mailbox. I was on my way to the mailbox as I was praying this. I opened the mailbox and I had one thing in the mailbox. It was a card from my really good friend's mom because she knew that I was kind of just dealing with something. And on the card was a rose. And it was the only thing in my mailbox. And I was literally walking to the mailbox praying this. And that was what happened. And so I just knew that like, that was a sign that God was on this. And like, she, she was like, you're good. I'm praying for you. He's got this. And so I actually told Bobby about that. And I told him like, I've been praying to St. Therese and I feel like she's like hearing me. And she's like giving me signs because this happened so many times I can't even tell you. And so he started praying to her too, which he, I mean, he's, you know, he usually just kind of says like some silent prayers and whatever, but he started praying to her too. And he prayed to her one night. He didn't tell me about it. The next day, his mom sent him a, it was like a flyer from high V. It was just a random day too a flyer that said like 12 dozen roses. And it was a flyer that was covered in roses. The whole page was covered in roses. (laughs) And she said, I think that you should buy Mary some roses today. And it was, and he was like, it was so out of the blue, so random. It was just like, they were having a sale on roses or something like that. And she had sent that to him and said, this would be like something nice to do for Mary today. And he was like, I literally prayed to St. Therese last night. And that is what happened. So that's just another example of like, pray for signs, pray for him to like show you what he's doing because he wants to let you in on what he is doing. He wants, he wants to be, he wants you to be a part of, you know, your story and your journey. And like, he wants to clearly show you what's next. So those are just some examples. Wow. Mary, that is seriously so beautiful. And I'm so, so glad that you brought that up because I remember Natalie mentioning that a couple of times in our Bible study 
And since then I have kind of taken that into prayer as well of being really specific in what my prayer is to the Lord. Like he already knows, but I, you know, I hadn't even thought about praying in Thanksgiving as if he already answered your prayer. And that is so powerful. Like I'm totally going to start doing that. Um, and I think that is, it's just really important to always know that God is always, always there, always listening. Like, even when you don't feel his presence at all, like he, there's never a moment. He is not more with you than not. Like he is always with you and you may not feel his presence, but he is there. And so sometimes like you do just need to pray and be really direct with God. And in those moments, you'll be surprised how sometimes he will answer you. And I've had experiences as well of him clearly speaking to me. A lot of times it's through scripture or devotionals. Sometimes it's like random things that I encounters or something a friend says that I'm like, whoa, that's weird timing, Mm -hmm. but it is always so subtle. Like you could almost miss it, but it's so beautifully him that you can't help but smile. And I just, I want to share this one story because it reminded me of Jesus, like giving me a nudge. Um, this was a couple of years ago, every year for Valentine's day, I make my husband a homemade heart-shaped cake. And this year specifically, um, Ash Wednesday fell on Valentine's day and it's a Wednesday. So I had work and then, um, it's Valentine's day. So I was trying to figure out when I was going to have time to make this heart-shaped cake. And I'm like, as I'm in mass, Ash Wednesday mass, another thing I had been struggling with was social media. So I had been contemplating whether or not I should give up social media for Lent because I just felt like I had been spending way too much time on my phone, on social media, et cetera. So my, my mind was running a million miles a minute. I was in mass, but thinking about like what I needed to do next. And I'm like, okay, I wonder if I'll have time to go to the store, to get the ingredients for the heart-shaped cake. But then I'm like, oh my gosh, I don't know where the ingredients are. Like, I I think I pinned it a long time ago, but I have no idea. I'm going to have to like search my phone, whatever. So long story short, I'm wearing that day. It was like super cold. So I pulled out my old winter coat that I hadn't worn in a while. And during mass, I put my hands in my pocket and I felt a piece of paper. I was like, what the heck is this? I pull it out. And I kid you not, it was an old post-it note from last year's Valentine's day, all the ingredients to the heart-shaped cake. Oh my! And it was just like, I was just like, couldn't help, but smile and laugh. It's like, okay, God, I hear you. You're telling me be present. I don't need to be on my phone. I don't need to search this on Pinterest. Like you have my back. I'll listen. Like this was kind of towards the beginning of mass too. So the whole mass, I was like, okay, I'll be present. I, but like just those little nudges that you just know God is, is trying is there for you. Um, so that's so beautiful. I'm really glad that you brought that up a couple other just thoughts and advice that I'd have related to comparison and jealousy, envy, comparing timelines in the waiting season. One thing that has helped me is to do some free frequent gratitude journaling, just really reflecting on all the many blessings that God has provided and has given you. I found that really helped put into perspective, the beautiful life and blessings that I already have. And to focus on that rather than 
you know, continually longing for the things that I don't necessarily have currently. It also helped me just stay a little bit more in the present versus like running my mind of like, what does the future hold? So that has been helpful. Another thing I, I'm a more vocal person and I like to communicate. So me, for me, it was helpful to share how I was feeling to either my, my husband or a close friend and just opening up about what my feelings are and, um, and hearing their advice, because sometimes a close friend or a spouse may recognize something of about your life or you that you don't necessarily see. And they can say something that just like you needed to hear in the moment. Um, and I found that has helped been helpful too. And then lastly, just remember that there are just so many aspects of your life, our entire life that are out of our control. Like at the end of the day, God has a plan. And I know that sometimes that's really hard to grasp, but the best thing you can do is just try to surrender to God's will and, and put your complete trust in the Lord. And, um, again, last week, my spiritual director, she gave me this, uh, prayer card of the surrender novena. And I had been feeling called to, to pray more like structured prayers. And so this was kind of perfect timing. And so it's a, a nine day, if you're not familiar with novenas, but it's a nine day prayer. And then after each day, there's like a, a saying or a prayer that you repeat a few times. And so that one's called the surrender prayer. And it's been really, really helpful, especially if there's certain areas of your life where you are just really struggling to just completely surrender it to the, to the Lord and just say like you have complete control, um, can bring you some peace as well. I love that. That's awesome. Those are great, great tips for people to take away. And I think, um, just to kind of close out this episode, we will just kind of leave you with this thought. Just remember that you are exactly where you're supposed to be and your timeline is not meant to align with anyone else's timeline. It's just not, and it's not going to. And if you are living your life with the blessings and in the circumstances that God has placed you in to the best of your ability, then that's all that you can do. And you need to leave the rest up to God. Something that I would repeat a lot during my infertility was um, God's promises are better and I will believe his promises over my circumstances. And so if you know that he is calling you to marriage and you are completely single, like just trust that his promises are good and that he's going to come through <clears throat> and God will lead you exactly to where you need to be in the right time, the right place. Um, so with that, we will just go ahead and close in prayer. Name the father and the son and the Holy spirit. Dear Lord, thank you so much for this wonderful day. Thank you for the beautiful listeners that have joined us today. Thank you for the gift of Mary and friendship. Lord, as you know, the evils of comparison and envy creep into our lives. And I just pray that you give us grace and lift those burdens off our shoulders Whenever we feel ourselves comparing our lives to others, our circumstances to others, please give us the grace to recognize our many blessings that you have bestowed upon us. Help us understand that your will is the perfect will. Your timing is the perfect timing. And let us surrender to you, Lord, and just place all of our trust in you. 
We ask this in your name. Amen. Father, Son, Amen. Thank you so much for joining us for today's episode. If you liked what you heard, please leave us a friendly review. Make sure to follow us on Instagram at Sacrifice of Praise Podcast and subscribe wherever you listen to your podcast so you never miss an episode. Until next time, know that we are praying for you. Bye. Bye.